But it wasn't Bobby, it was Bobby. <laughs> so, so I was really surprised when it wasn't Bobby. But well done, well done, well done. Um, I really just sense that I almost want to get out of the way so that the Holy Spirit can do what He wants to do. I believe he's put a word in my heart to share this morning, um, but I almost just want to keep it short so that I believe God wants to do some stuff in people's lives today. Um, we, when God presses the pause button and brings prophetic word, it's important that we respond to it. We can't just, it's not just something nice and we move on. I think it's our responsibility to, to stop and then respond to these prophetic words. Um, yeah, maybe just tighten that. My, my bad. There we go. There we go. Okay, your your clock has gone dark, eh? Yeah, that's why it's recording. Oh, it's a for recording. Oh, I thought he's giving me a timer. He's subtly telling me. Uh, I think he's subtly telling me. Keep it short. No, it's a recording. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Now the lady came up to me and said, I need the verses. And I said, I must have preached out of the Bible. He said, no, you can use the Quran if you want to. Um, I just feel that God wants to... It's, it's a morning for response. It's a morning for not just sitting there and taking in and saying, oh, well, that's a good word and underlining something in your Bible. It's a morning where you need to hear the word of God for yourself and then respond. So I almost want to say that it's not a morning for taking notes. It's a morning for making decisions. So we, 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 have, book, we have booklets for, full of notes that we never read again. But I think God wants to speak this morning in a way that you need to say, I need to change this and then move on. Okay, so we, I, I want to speak to us about the, um, the, the leader in you and the follower in you. Because each one of us has a leader in us. And has a follower in us. And some of us lead at a higher level and some of us lead at a lower level. And even if you, at this stage, if you're just leading your dog, it's fine. It's fine. Um, God will promote you in time if you're obedient. The word, the word that came through was obedience. So God will lead you if you're obedient, but you need to lead. And then you also need to know how to follow. Because um, years ago, I don't know if you know a guy called Artie Kendall. Um, I had the privilege of meeting, meeting him personally, and he was speaking on um, who do we hand our batons over to. And in that day, as we chatted, I said to him, I want to position myself that guys like him who are older and stepping down can hand the baton to guys like me because we need to hand it again to other young guys. And, and that's what this morning is about, is receiving something from a leader and handing it over as a leader to another follower. Okay, but, and there's just a couple of things that I want to highlight in 2 Kings chapter 2. Uh, why is it that at this age it's spectacles all the way? Um, <laughs> um, 2 Kings chapter 2. And I want you to pay attention to what a leader does and what a follower does. Right? So here obviously Elijah is the leader and Elisha is the follower. Now, when the Lord was about to take Elijah up into heaven by a whirlwind, and let's just set this up straight, we never know when God's going to take us. Yeah. So we need to live a life 
that will honor God that we finish strong and that we run into the gates of heaven. And this thing, when I play golf, and I, 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 I want to believe that I'm a good putter, and I like to putt so that the ball dies into the hole. But, but you can, you know, it can work against you. Now, now this is more of those guys who will putt firmly and hit the ball into the hole. We, this thing about, oh, I want to relax and just wait for Jesus to come and, you know, wait for my moment to sit on a cloud and sing Kumbaya. Um, that's not the idea. The idea is to run into the purposes that God has for you. And, and in that way, make a difference. But also leave a vacuum, leave a void into which a slipstream actually more, into which other people can be drawn into. So this is what Elijah knows. He knows he's going to be taken away. Um, and he says to Elijah and Elisha were on their way from Gilgal. And Elijah said, to, Elijah said to Elisha, please stay here for the Lord has sent me as far as Bethel. But Elisha says, so, so that's what the leader says, the follower says, but Elisha says, as the Lord lives and as you yourself live, I will not leave you. So they went down to Bethel and the sons of the prophets who were there in Bethel came out to Elisha and said to him, do you, do you know that today the Lord will take away your master from, from over you? And he said, yes, I know. I know it. Keep quiet. Now, if that's within the community I grew up, the keep quiet would have come out slightly different, like something like that. <laughs> mm, mm, yeah. But they would have known to keep quiet. Okay, so Elijah said to him, um, Elijah said to him, Elisha, please stay here, for the Lord has sent me to Jericho. But he said, as the Lord lives and as yourself live, I will not leave you. So they came to Jericho, and the sons of the prophets were there, were, who were at Jericho drew near to Elisha and said to him, do you know that, the, that today the Lord will take away your master from over you? And he said, he answered him, yes, I know, I know it, keep quiet. And then Elijah said to him, please, it's almost like you hear the same words over and over. And so God's saying something to us. When God says more than, more than twice, you really need to pay attention. So Elijah said to him, please stay here, for the Lord has sent me to the Jordan. But he said, as the Lord lives and as yourself live, I will not leave you. So the two of them went, went on, and fifty of the sons of the prophets also went and stood at some distance from them, and they both were standing at the Jordan. Then Elijah took his cloak and rolled it up and struck the water, and the water was parted so that the one, uh, to the one side and to the other, till the two of them could go over on dry ground. And when they had cr crossed, Elijah said to Elisha, Ask what I ask what I shall do for you before I am taken from you. And Elisha says, please let there be a double portion of your spirit upon me. Now I'm just going to read until there just for the sake of time. And we might just look further into, into some of the other scriptures. But I, I, I doubt that we'll get there. Uh, I heard that they only give you 45 minutes. <laughs> there's, a, there's a leader in you. That has a responsibility to take the Elishas that God has placed in your life to another level. And, and if you're an Elisha, it is your responsibility to find yourself an Elijah to follow. Because often the Elishas in life, the young, up-and-coming young Christians, and they are so full of fire that they actually think they know everything. And they, they don't realize they do need Elijahs. But because... If you don't, if you don't follow a man of God, I promise you, you're going to get it wrong, and there's going to be unnecessary pain in your life. 
there's going to be unnecessary detours. You need to find a man of God that starts off with, and Elijah said to Elisha, I heard God say. God said to me. So number one, you need to find a man of God that hears from God. Not a man that has read good books, and good books are good to read, because readers are leaders, and leaders are readers. But we, need, we, we as leaders need to hear from God. It's important to, to apply the Logos word, but the Rhema word of God, I think, is actually a bit uh, uh, um, underutilized. We're not paying enough attention to the Rhema, the, the, the now word of God. And I believe that if we are going to be men of God that will lead Elisha into their destiny, we need to pay attention to what God is saying to us now. Right in our season, for the season. So you need to be a man of God that hears the word of God clearly. But then you also need to be an Elisha, a follower, uh, or a leader like Elijah, that has spent time in Gilgal. That was the first line. You can put that first, first uh, uh, verse up there. Um, please. So you need to have spent time at Gilgal. And what's the importance of Gilgal? Gilgal, Gilgal is a place that when, when God's people crossed the Jordan for the first time, when they went across to take their promised land, they, they crossed the Jordan and the first time that they got to was Gilgal. And what happened there? That was the place of the second circumcision of Israel. Because what has happened is, as a sign of God's people, they were circumcised. But, but while they were in the desert, no circumcision took place. So as they left with the, with the great departure, the exodus out of, out of Egypt, a lot of other people left with God's people. And they were not circumcised. They walked along. They walked through the Red Sea. They walked through the wilderness. They walked through the Jordan. But they were not circumcised. And many of the children, all of the children that was born, only, only Joshua and, and Caleb um, went, went in. So the rest were all born in, 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 the, in the wilderness. And therefore God had to bring his people to a place of circumcision. Because it, there's a danger that if we walk through the, through the wilderness and we walk through the Red Sea that we think we have arrived. But our hearts are not fully tuned into God. You see, before you can take your Canaan land, you have to be circumcised. And today is a day of circumcision. Circumcision of the heart. There are old things, that, old habits that we have acquired in the wilderness. There are old habits that we have acquired as we cross the Red Sea and the Jordan. And God wants to cut that away so that only God is central to our lives. So you have to, before you can go into what God has for you, you would have had to spend time at Gilgal. That's their point of departure. A place where their hearts have been circumcised. Now they can step into their ministry. And often we want to go into, we want to claim what God has for us, but we will not let go of what we have, the bad habits that we've acquired along the way. And God wants to deal with that this morning. Actually, I have a word for someone. Um, I think it might be for more than one person. Um, um, but, but as we worship, uh, I'll get it right, Bobby. Um, uh, I actually have a word for you, in the, and that is, I got this word, you know when, when, when you had an injury, let's say you were somewhere in the bush or whatever, and you had an injury and you didn't have medical attention, um, maybe a cut on the face or whatever, 
and it heals but it leaves a scar because it wasn't stitched properly or you know it didn't have medical attention and and then you left with this deformity almost and you don't want to you hide it if, you, if you're a girl you have long hair and you kind of hide that part of it because you you've been healed but you've not been restored and there's a difference and, and somehow that word came up healed but not restored and, and, and God just said to me there are you know he wants to take away some scars some some hurt some some and, and, and he's healed but he's going to take the scars and do some plastic surgery and totally restore and that will give you confidence to, to, to walk in whatever, whatever God has for you. Um, so, so yeah, that's just... And it might be so for somebody else as well, that, that you've been healed, but not restored. And that's you. We need to pray for you later on as we minister to people. The other thing is that God showed me was, while we were worshipping, this thing about the, the hindrance of, of really stepping into your destiny... Um, we spoke about, and I'll speak about it soon, we, we spoke about um, planting a pole for God, planting the cross, but we also need to break down the poles of worship of Baal. We need to break that down, because that's causing the, the, the hindrance for people not to really step into what God has for you. And what it says is, you are here praising God, but religion is still got a hold on you. And we need to move, we need to deal with the bondage of religion in your life today. It's a cutting away. And that's why I really want to, want to give time afterwards for prayer and that. Because it's, it's important, you, you need that circumcision, you need the Gilgal moment. So that God can cut away what he doesn't want there. And you can know and have the confidence that I am a child of God. To pick up with that word of God bursting into your space. God breaks into your space because there's unbelief. That's why God broke in there, because Thomas stood there in unbelief. And you have walked along through the wilderness. You've walked through the Red Sea with a team. But there's still some unbelief. Can God do it with me? Can God use me? And he's going to break in this morning. And he's going to show you, yes, I've died for you. You have been bought with a price. And I'm going to do the Gilgal moment. And you cut away the past, cut away religion. And we're going to... I'm going to bring in God saying, I'm going to bring you into your destiny. You ready for that? That's what, that's what God is about to do. But now, he says this. This is the leader in you. He says, to, he says to the follower, God says I need to go to Bethel. And to be a leader, you need to be able to lead people to Bethel. You see, Bethel is the place where, where Jacob built the altar, where he wrestled with God, where he worshipped God for who he was. For we is. And I love the way we worship this morning. We need, to, we need to not only wait on worship leaders with guitars. And I must say, Ruach, you're a breath of fresh air. Uh, <laughs> I watched the guys worship and I just saw how they love the Lord and how they worship. But you know what? That's not the only time we worship. Worship is not just singing. Worship is entering into the presence of God and seeing Him for who He is. And worshipping Him for who he is. It's not just singing. But Bethel is that place. I need to be able to lead somebody to Bethel. And as a, as a follower, I need to be led to a place of worship. A place where I wrestle with God. And when I come away there, you might walk like me with a limp. But uh, it's, it means that you've wrestled with God. And you've got a new revelation of who God is. 
And if you, if you battle in that area, then God wants to deal with you in that area. Then God wants to actually sit you down and, and break down whatever it is that is stopping you from seeing God for who He is. God wants to take off the old lenses and give you a new lens to see Him through. So He took him to, to, to Bethel. Then He said to him, I'm going to take you to Jericho. And, and Jericho is a very interesting place. Jericho is the place of the scarlet line. We sang it earlier. Maybe I can find their notes here. Where is it? At the cross, at the cross. It says, where your love ran red. Jericho is the place of the scarlet line. If you, if you think about when, when, when Rahab, when she allowed God's um, spies to, to leave, she, she lowered down a, ray, a red line, a scarlet line. And that was salvation for them. So, so Jericho, and when, when, they, when they were going to be saved, when, when God's people were going to take the country, the sign would be a scarlet line. It's, Jericho is a, speaks of the place of the scarlet line, and in our lives, that's the cross. Because when Jesus hung there, and the blood flowed from his head, down all over him, down his feet, it made a scarlet line. A place that we can go to. Not only for salvation, but once we save, we can go to as a remembrance of what God has done for us, of the price that is paid, so that our faith can be increased. But we need to be leaders that lead men and women to the place of the scarlet line. And we need to be prepared to be led there. It means some sacrifices. It means that some people that are prophets might come along and try and pull you back. Do you know that God's going to take away your leader? Then he wanted to bring some doubt. They, want, they were testing him. They were actually mocking him. But he pressed through to the place of the scarlet line. There's no shortcut. There's no other way of becoming or, or, or living in the destiny that God has for you. Some people like to go straight from, okay, I want this, and then I want to be a prophet, or then I want to be a worship leader. No, no, you need to go to Gilgal. And you need to surrender to God there. Then you need to come to, to Bethel where you wrestle with God and get a new revelation for yourself. And you also need to go regularly to Jericho, to the foot of the cross, to be constantly reminded of what Jesus has done for you. The next place that they had to go to was to the Jordan. And as they went to the Jordan, these 50 prophets went along with them. But it says there that, let me just find it for you. Um, and the 50 prophets, that's verse 7. 50 men of the sons of prophets also went and stood some distance from, from them as they both were standing at the Jordan. And that's the key. Is that people ask, often ask, but why don't I get promoted in church? That's a bad word. Because um, you don't get promoted, God just moves you on. But, but, but you often, people often position themselves in a place so that leaders can see them hoping to be promoted. But the problem is that the reason why these guys missed out on a first-hand experience of the miracle that God was about to do, they stood at a distance. You see, Elisha stood next to Elijah. And he experienced the miracle that God did. But the 50, prophets, 50 sons of the prophets, they stood at a distance. And they could only witness from a distance and say, look at what God is doing there. Elisha 
could walk across with Elijah and experience the provision of God. So it's where you're standing when God works. Some of us, I often say some of us, when our ship comes in, we are the airport. It's just bad timing. It's just bad timing. You see, you need to ask yourself this morning, where am I standing with reference to what God is doing? And often people say, no, I'm just going to step back and I'm going to stand back and watch and see what you guys are doing. No, no, then you're like the 50 sons of the prophets. You need to, Elisha, Elisha needs to stand next to Elijah as God is doing something. And, and, and often, and often if, if you think of this, we try and we are a very private nation. We, we want to do things ourselves. If we are hurting, we want to hurt alone. Um, if, 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 if you're going through a tough time, other people mustn't know about it. But the problem is, is if Elisha went to the Jordan alone, he would, he would have gotten wet when he crossed. Because the water wouldn't have opened. Because, because God didn't at that stage give him the cloak, the mantle, of op- to open the water with. And so, if you go through a difficult time, this is such a lesson, something I had to learn. When we go through difficult times, the best place you can be is to draw close to a leader that can take you across the Jordan that you're facing. But if the leader doesn't know that he's supposed to roll up his cloak and knit the ground, you're both in trouble. (laughs) Especially if you can't swim. So leaders, you might have to practice, even in the bath, just take your t-shirt and hit the bath and see what it works. But you've got to practice the gift that God has given you. <laughs> you see, sometimes we want to, we, 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 we are costed with difficult times. The enemy comes and he actually tests us publicly and you don't know what to do. You know why? Because you haven't practiced the gift of faith privately. See, we want, we want to do the, the miracles publicly because people see. But we actually need, actually need to practice our gifts even when we're alone. Why? Why was David so successful? Because when he was alone in the wilderness, he killed the bear and the lion. Nobody saw. And that's why he had the confidence of coming to a place where he could kill Goliath. Sometimes we want to take on Goliath publicly and we walk away with a bloody nose. Because we haven't practiced how to use the sling that God has given us. So, what God wants to deal with this morning is our pride. We call it that. Because we, we tend to think we know it all. We tend to think that um, we've done church for so long, I don't need the Elijah in my life. God says, now I want you to cross. I want you to go to Gilgal. I want you to go um, to Bethel. I want you to go to Jericho. And I want you to go to Jordan. And today, there's a very specific word that God has laid in my heart that I actually haven't, when I thought about this message, didn't even contemplate that it will fit in here. But I spoke about it last week in some of the West, and God just reminded of me of that, especially with this prophetic word of religion that God wants to deal with today. When the children of God eventually went into, across the Jordan, into Jericho, 
on the east side of Jordan, Reuben and Gad and the half-tribe of Manasseh settled and they refused to cross the Jordan. Because they looked at the land and it looked good. And maybe you're not walking in your destiny. You're not walking in everything God has for you because you have chosen with your eyes and not with your spirit. You see, they, they chose with their eyes. They actually said, they actually said to Moses, uh, uh, to, to, yeah, to Moses, they said, listen, bud, this valley east of Jordan is, is perfect for livestock and we have livestock. So, they chose flesh. They chose, and that causes stagnant water. You see, if you choose to settle east of Jordan, the Jordan was meant to be protection for God's people as well, because whoever attacked them had to cross the Jordan into Canaan land. But if you settled east of Jordan, and not west, because Canaan is west of Jordan, if you settle east, there's no protection. There's no protection for the child of God east of Jordan. And the other thing is that happened east of Jordan was when Reuben and, 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 and Gad decided that they will settle there, they compromised and they became religious. Because they were so scared that people will not know that they are, that they are Israelites. That they said to the leaders, listen, we will go with you and we'll fight in Canaan, but we will come back and settle here, east of Jordan. So, when you're insecure, when you want to make sure, when you're not sure if people have accepted you as one of the family, you start doing works. <laughs> works. You want to do stuff that looks noble. But God didn't ask for works. God asked for obedience. God said, cross the Jordan. And the, the, the insecurity... The insecurity in who they were led to, to a moment when they built an altar that they were never called to build. So on the other side of the Jordan, after they fought and after they helped God's people come into their inheritance, they, they are on their way back now to, to go and take their land east of Jordan. The Bible says, and they built a big altar, a huge altar, and they called it witness. Because they wanted that altar to witness to people that they, although they're on the wrong side of the Jordan, they are still Israelites. You see, when, when we are not obedient, when we haven't followed God into our destiny, we need trinkets that tell people we're Christians. We need that trinket. We need the what was Judas do, Judas do bad. WWJD, I think. Is what would Judas do? Um, <laughs> we need those armbands. So in case, in case other people don't recognize us as believers. We, we need to put bigger and bigger crosses in front of wherever we want to be. Because they, we want them to know that we are believers. Actually, I'm just thinking, of, I can't help it. I'm just thinking of something now. Um, a lady was standing at a robot. And a taxi pulled in in front of her and and she went ballistic and I mean she rolled down the window and she greeted this guy with a Hawaiian sign you know the hello you know the Hawaiian sign yeah I, I can't show it to you but but she, she 
she just went off her rocker and started swearing and stuff. And then as the, as the car, the taxi pulled away, there was a policeman behind her. The policeman jumped out, stopped her and arrested her. And I mean, she was like, she was really upset. She couldn't figure out why, why did she get arrested. And um, she, she asked the question, why did you arrest me? The, the taxi driver was the guilty one. You arrested me. She said, no, no, no. Um, you see, on the back of your car, it says that I love Jesus. And the way you went on, I'm sure this car was stolen. <laughs> you see, the world's watching us. The world's watching us. And, and if, we, if we're not secure in who we are in Christ, we need to put all those stickers everywhere. We need to build altars that say, I mean, they actually went further and they said, if our children get confronted with the fact that we're not in, in, uh, in Canaan, then at least they can say, our fathers had a copy of the altar. How religious is that? So I'm going to ask you now, I'm just going to end this here. Do you have a copy of the altar? Or are you worshipping at the altar itself? If you have a copy, that's religion. If you, if you tell me that you can't worship, if, you, if you're battling to worship by raising your hands or by just becoming a bit more expressive, because there, now in the Bible it says you must worship in a certain way, but when you find there's, it's a battle for you to, to express yourself, then don't say, that's just me. Realize that there's something holding you back. Often people say, but that's my character, I'm not very expressive. I promise you, if I take you and I take your finger and I shove it into that plug and I switch it on, you'll become very expressive. You will. You won't worry about your character then. And it's the same thing when the Holy Spirit breaks in, when the Holy Spirit really comes upon you. Your character cannot stand in the way. Who you are and what, how you behave should not stand in the way. And this morning, God wants to break through those areas in your life and set you free so that you can worship God with wild abandonment. I believe that one of the strongholds over this area is religion and another one is the spirit of lust. The spirit of lust has caused havoc in this place. And not far down the road, I think it's Knoflokflakter. People are taking ground because they feel it's owned to them. And I, I, I feel we, can, we should just take the example. I'm not saying that's right. But, but there's ground that we need to take. That we need to take back. Because the enemy has stolen ground from believers in this town. And part of it is that we need to stand up and bind the works of what, what the enemy is doing. And like I said, it's religion and the spirit of lust needs to be dealt with. And I don't know why God has given me those specific, but we're going to pray against that. And then the other thing we're going to pray for is if you, so, so it's not going to like, we're all going to do it at the same time. If you're a leader and you know you're supposed to lead, but nobody's following you, then you're just going for a walk. That's all it is. <laughs> the thing is, God's going to hold you accountable for that walk. Mm-hmm. 
when nobody followed you. You can't just go sightseeing. And today, if you're a leader and you're not leading people to Bethel, to Jericho, or to the Jordan, then the only thing you need to do is repent. It's, it's repent. It's, it's not just saying sorry. Sorry is something else. Sorry doesn't cut it. Repenting from sin, that cuts it. If you're a follower, if you know that God has called you, but for some other reason you have not stepped up and followed the leadership, then you need to repent. You need, you need when disobedience because you're not being obedient. You see, because your, who, what, your comfort zone has then determined your destiny. I'm, comf- I'm settling east of Jordan. So today I think God just wants to do a few things here. And I suppose in the end we all will be standing, because I'm going to be standing. But, but if that's you, if you feel any of those categories, why don't you stand? And if there's something special, specific that you need um, to be freed from, if there's some specific bondage that God is dealing with right now, and the Holy Spirit is highlighting right now, then, then come forward and, and we're more than enough leaders here to, to deal with that. But this is, this is the place of the cutting away of the old. Today, for many years, will be a Gilgal experience. You might have walked along, but you've never become part of God's people. Then God wants to deal with that today. But just before we pray, can I, can I just ask, if you're sitting here today, and you, you, you haven't even left Egypt, you haven't crossed the Red Sea because you're still unsaved, you, you're still bound in Egypt, if you're sitting here today and you know that you have not accepted Jesus as Lord and Savior, then that's the place to start for you. That's the place to start. If you know that you need Jesus, if you know that you are lost without Him and, and you want to receive Him today, why don't you just slip up here and say, I want to receive Jesus today. I know that most of us are saved here, but maybe some people have assumed that you are saved. An assumption is a, bad, is a bad thing. And because others have assumed that you are saved, you've just played along. Because now you're too embarrassed to say that I'm not really saved. I haven't really left Egypt. I've just talked the talk, I've walked the walk, but I'm not saved. And I'm just not going to prolong this. If that's you, if you need to accept Jesus as Lord and Savior, even if you have been um, heavily involved in the life of the church, you're doing yourself no favor by denying the fact or hiding the fact that you have not accepted Jesus as the Lord and Savior. Rather be embarrassed here than one day in front of heaven itself to stand and God says to you, go away from me, I do not know you. So I'm just going to ask it once. Anybody, anybody here? If you need Jesus, you need to receive Him as Lord and Savior. Just put up your hand, and we're going to pray with you. Okay. Hallelujah. So we're going to pray. Thank God. I'm going to lead you in a prayer, and you just pray after me. But what I'd like for us to do is to pray with. Okay. So that so that she's not alone. Because this, this year, this year, this year, in heaven, there's now pandemonium. Yes, silence. 
But in heaven is paying It will be good if he is paying the as well. Yeah. Because in heaven there is a celebration of every sinner that gets saved. And, and I'm going to leave a line in your head that I want you to leave with as you leave this place and as you go home. When we were young, and or I got saved at the age of seven, we used to sing, there's a new name written down in glory, and it's mine. Oh yes, it's mine. So I'm going to pray with you, lead you in a prayer. You just pray after me, and why don't you guys stand and we pray along. Dear Father God, today I realize my need of a Savior, and I turn to you, Lord. I receive you as my Lord and Savior. I receive the forgiveness of sins. And I receive the fact that I'm now a child of God. Thank you for saving me. In Jesus' name. Amen. Hallelujah. I'm still going to ask somebody to volunteer and just spend time with that lady because I believe that it's important to, to make a, a, a proclamation like this but I'm, I believe, also believe it's important to be led to salvation for somebody to impart with you um, what just happened so they don't leave without knowing what is left so if somebody can make time for that lady in the course of the morning that would be wonderful so, so for us I'm going to pray and if that's you at that stage just pray along so that God can deal with you right where you're at this moment so lord i want to firstly pray for the elishas in, in this meeting for those guys that you've put leadership on them but they are not leading at this moment i pray that you will raise them up to be elishas i pray god that they, that we will take our leadership seriously that we will take our gifting seriously that there's no amount of offense that should stop us from serving you there's no amount of of pain and and offense that should prevent us from living in everything that you have for us. So I come and pray now, Lord God, that you restore, um, that you heal and restore. God, I pray that you come and, and raise up the Elijahs that will lead young men into their destiny. And where we've fallen short, Lord, I pray that you forgive us. Where we have fallen short, I pray that you come and restore us, Lord God. That you come and highlight those areas to us. Where we have not been obedient to lead people to Jericho or to Bethel or to the Jordan. I pray that you forgive us. But I pray that you give us that grace and that courage to rise up and lead men and women into their destiny. I pray, Lord God, that you settle a sense in our hearts of the responsibility of leadership. That we will not see it as a position but as a grace that God puts upon us. God, I want to I pr- uh, uh, pray for Elijah the follower. Um, that was actually Elijah. Sorry, I made a mistake. But God, you know, the Holy Spirit leads us and changes the words the way it should be. I want to pray for the followers now, Lord God. I see many young people here. Young men, young women. And maybe it's the pressure of our family. Maybe it's the pressure of colleagues that prevents us from actually becoming on fire for God. This morning in the prayer meeting, Luke saw, Luke prayed for people to be on fire so that this whole city can be on fire. 
and that's what we're praying for we pray that you break down the strongholds the religious strongholds we break down father god we 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 break down the the what the spirit of lust has caused in people's lives the damage that it has caused we come and cancel that in jesus name and we pray that you will set our hearts on fire set our hearts on fire and and i pray that these young men and women will make themselves available to be led into what god has for them we give you glory we give you glory in jesus name amen separate we're going to end off the meeting but i do feel that if there's anybody that is needs specific prayer still um and i, I want to talk specifically to the frabalities um, there's often times where um, the lord does something and there's this there's a step out that happens from us uh, a response that happens from us and, and i almost feel that for some of us he wants to challenge us with a bit of a bigger stepping out this morning coming to the front and, and saying listen there's something that i want you to pray with me for mm. and i really believe that the lord wants to maybe just for some of us uh, i remember a time in my life when every time every time when there was an opportunity to step out towards lord jesus and say listen lord working we were always there and always there was something that it chipped away and i would encourage you guys don't waste these opportunities it's so easy for you to end it off now and you don't get your coffee and you start fellowshipping and then there's something more that the lord wants to do but we're going to end it off but we also there's a little place here in the front and i'm going to linger there and i know clarence will linger here and i really want to say if the lord has been speaking to you about something more specific this morning don't step out of this place without responding to him is that good Let's all end off with a, with a song, something, and then, uh, yeah. Yeah.